0: We head on over to the cardio uh, news line. Did I say news time? News time in news line. Uh, sometimes. I mix up the two terms uh, unexpectedly. All right, we are joined by national correspondent Aaron Rial. Aaron, I think we've all decided that uh, more coffee is needed in our little studio booth here. <laughs> Some sort of caffeine. Um, but you're focusing on people who don't have to come to work; they get to stay at home, or or maybe just work for themselves. Tell us about this. Yes. So
1: it looks like self-employment, freelance work, whatever you want to call it, the gig economy is on the rise. We kind of knew that. But the share of independent contractors in the labor force, it may actually be closer to 15% of all workers as opposed to the 7% that's estimated by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And this has really broad implications for the economy. So it, it suggests that a greater share of the workforce actually lacks some basic protections that you would get as a normal employee. And by normal, I mean traditional things like benefits, labor regulations, health insurance. But even more interesting, I think, is that if you have many more people with extra sources of income, that could actually help explain the resilience of consumer spending in the face of such high inflation right now. It's been baffling economists. It's just been making the markets act wonky. We can't understand how people are still spending. Well, if they have multiple jobs from multiple gigs, that's how they're spending. They're capable of doing it. And we just aren't equating for the new norm in terms of the workplace.
0: Right. And, and that could also explain why there is such a dearth of, of workers for available jobs. I mean, you, you talk to any employer and they're t- telling you this, maybe it's that the there's a significant portion of the workforce that's not just uh, standing by, but they're actually in, actively engaged in something that won't bring them into a company's purview.
1: Yes, exactly. And you know, independent contractors, that's different than self-employed. I didn't even know this, but they're actually a subset of the self-employed, and they can be anything from freelance consultants to Uber drivers to nannies, house cleaners, you name it. And many of those people, when you ask them, they actually thought of themselves as employees when in fact they were independent contractors. So this kind of brings up the idea of gig work that's obviously been on the rise before the pandemic, but much like everything else, the pandemic fueled it. And and that's essentially what's described as an on-demand job that you can get through an app. But it's changing by generation too. And this one's really interesting. So people born in the late 1990s, Gen Zers, 43% of them work as freelance. And then uh, Gen- excuse me, millennials, 46% of them performed freelance work last year. So when you have almost half, of two of the four generations alive today, working in a freelance capacity, I'm not here to say that's good or bad, it's just completely changing the labor force and how it works, and that's gonna have sociological, economical, broad implications down the line.
0: Yeah, what a development. Yeah. And when it comes to that increase and especially the independent contractors, could that also be, you know, maybe some big corporations looking at ways to kind of adjust to this new uh, workforce model and uh, maybe find a way to maybe lessen their impact and not have more of those traditional, you know, W-2 workers. But instead, hey, what you thought was an employee, now you're just an independent contractor. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge.
1: Exactly. And and that's why it's hard to say, you know, is this good or bad? Losing some safety nets is not great. But can you earn more money? That's good. So I, I don't I don't think anyone yet knows if this is better or worse, but it's developing and we will find out. And I think knowing and being open to the fact that we can't be married to the old traditional labor workforce model because it just doesn't exist anymore in the world that we live in. And, and there's so many more options. Knowing that and evolving with it is a good thing.
0: Yeah, my my older relatives, you know, the next, the generation above me, they were lamenting that my generation uh, would not have the benefit of, of pensions, that, that we would not be sticking with one employer for the rest of our lives because of that pension, uh, it, you know, because that was a major development in that generation. And now you have this and looking ahead to retirement. I mean, when you think about all the benefits that being in a workplace offers you—you you know that 401k option, the matching funds. I mean, there are uh, certainly a 401k-like uh, savings plans that will uh, cater to self-employed, but they never will get those matching funds.
1: It's so true, and no, we we've, we've talked about 401k before, and statistically, the idea was like it was going to be incredible. We were all going to have money for retirement but it's failed spectacularly in practice. A lot of it has to do with the fact that you keep jumping around, and it just didn't work as intended, but you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. We, we try our best, and we have to course correct, and I think that that's what we're going to see. It, might there be a rise in freelancer unions? Who knows? Maybe, possibly, might there be some sort of 401k equivalent that you can use as a freelancer? Yes, I, I'm sure, and I'm they already exist, but kind of in a more prevalent way that's easier to accommodate people who exist in this contract worker space.
0: Aaron Real, some food for thought. Thank you for uh, bringing that to us. And uh, for those who are self-employed out there in Colorado Springs and around, uh, now you know you're not alone. Plenty of company. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Erin. Have a great day.